morning we are celebrating and remembering All Saints Sunday today. Uh, it's a day in the, in the life of the church where we remember uh, those people in our church and, and, and those in our lives who have died and no longer are physically with us anymore. We remember the saints, those in the faith that have gone before us. We honor the lives of those who sacrificed it all for the sake of Jesus. And we lift in prayer those who have, we have known and loved who have died in the faith. But just as I say uh, with every funeral, today is as much about and for us as it is for those who have died. Yes, of course, today we remember uh, those loved ones who are no longer with us, but yet we have to and we must keep going, right? And so how do we do that? What is the word for us who have to keep going on? Well, I want to focus on that word saint. Probably in our culture today, whenever someone hears the word saint or saints, they uh, perhaps might think of a national football team before they think of anything holy. Those of us in the church might think of saints, maybe in the Catholic church, those, who were, uh, those people who were proved to be worthy of sainthood. But did you know that if you follow Jesus and you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, you are a saint? Did you know that? We are saints. Listen to how Paul begins his letter again to the Ephesians, uh, like he does with a lot of his other letters, um, uh, like uh, letters to the, churches, to the church in Corinth. His, his two letters that we have in the scriptures that are written to the church in Corinth. Listen again. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus the faithful in Christ Jesus. You see that phrase, to God's holy people? I hope you did, because the emphasis is mine, because I wanted you to see it. I wanted you to pay attention to it. Did you know that the phrase there, to God's holy people, is translated from the word Paul uses as saints? Perhaps that's the way it is in the translation that you're holding uh, in your Bible. So it could read, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus. Paul's not referring to the dead. He's not referring to some special class of super Christians. Paul is writing to a regular church with regular people, just like you and me, and yet he calls them saints. He calls them, he calls us holy people. In fact, I think if Paul were to write a letter to, um, well, when Paul writes uh, to the church in Corinth, um, he calls them saints as well. And I, have you read those letters? Paul is writing those letters to address a lot of issues. These were not perfect people. He was addressing a lot of issues within that church. They were not united. They were fighting about this, about that, who had spiritual gifts and who didn't have spiritual gifts. And if you had this spiritual gift, you were a super Christian and, and you're just a regular Christian if you didn't. Yet Paul calls them saints. Paul was not writing to perfect people. And I would imagine that if Paul 
were writing a letter to Metter UMC. Paul might address some issues. He might try to correct us and guide us a little bit, some things that we need correcting on. He would recognize that we are not perfect people, but I have no, no, no doubt in my mind that he would refer to us as the saints, God's holy people in Metter. You see, we have to get over the idea that holy or, or uh, being a saint means being perfect. Yes, are we striving for perfection in this life? Absolutely. If not, what are we striving for? If we're not striving for perfection, what are we striving for? What are we doing this thing called life for? Yes, so we're striving for perfection. We also realize that we still stumble and that we still choose to sin. You see, a saint simply means people set apart by God and for God. Uh, or it could also mean a, a, sinner is, uh, a saint is simply a sinner who has discovered the marvelous grace of God through Jesus Christ. I love that. A sinner who has discovered the marvelous grace of God through Jesus Christ. We are called to live holy lives in an often unholy world. And so this day, All Saints Sunday, is an opportunity for us to remember that calling. Yes, we honor the lives of the faithful who have gone on before us, but we also are challenged as God's holy people, still breathing, still kicking, to live devout, holy lives before God. But I want us to think about what it means to live holy lives. What does that look like today? What does it mean for us to be saints, to be God's holy people? Paul says later in verse 4, he says, For God chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I think that's a pretty good idea right there of what it means to be holy. Blameless in God's sight. Whew! Well, how do we do that? How can I, how can you be blameless in God's sight? Well, I think some of us have this idea that being a saint, being holy, being blameless, means that we have to somehow separate ourselves from those that aren't. Right? In order to be a saint, in order to be, a, uh, to be holy, we have to separate ourselves from those that aren't holy. If you think about it, whole Christian movements and, whole, and groups have been formed based on this co concept of holiness, of separating ourselves from those that aren't holy. You know, we'll just go off into a desert and we'll just spend, God, spend time with God all by ourselves. We'll keep ourselves holy that way. Or we'll build a nice building over here and we'll meet together behind closed doors and we'll only let our group inside. Think about it like this. You ever worn something white? Anybody? Ladies, you ever worn a white dress? Maybe, you know, pantsuit, a nice white pantsuit? I don't know. Gentlemen, you ever worn a white shirt? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, you're just like, you're just, I think you're answering in your head. You're just like, okay, okay. Have you ever worn something white? Okay, there we go. How do you act when you go out wearing something white? 
If you're like me, your eyes are locked on anything that could possibly mess up that outfit, right? I don't know, probably ladies more so than guys. We're like, okay, whatever. Catch up at 2 o'clock. Kid with Cheeto hands at, tw- at 12. I mean, you're just looking out for anything and everything that is going to mess up that outfit. And we stay as far away as possible from it. And parents, listen, why are you buying your kids white clothes? Especially young children. I mean, why? You're just asking for it. Kristen, if I, that's the only option, she's just not going to buy it. Like, not having it. We're not. We know what's going to happen because it's going to get ruined the second one of our kids wears it. And, and uh, you know, for this big kid up here, the only white that I own is a dress shirt. And the only time I'm wearing that is when I got a, a, a suit jacket over it. It's like my layer of protection. Because whether I wear white or not, but certainly if I wear white, something, most likely food, will wind up on that shirt. I'm the worst. I'll be trying my hardest not to get food on my clothing, and yet it still happens. I have yet to learn how to eat, apparently. But I say all this because I think that's how some of us view holiness or holy living. We go out into the world wearing white and we try to do everything in our power to keep away from anything that is going to get our white clothing dirty. Leave me alone. I'm going out, but I just don't want you to touch me. I don't want to touch anything. That's how we view life. You know, we're like, ooh, don't touch that. Ooh, don't touch me. Ooh, that's dirty. Oh, he's dirty. She's dirty. I can't do that. I'm going to get dirty. Honestly, I think that's how a lot of us view holiness, and I think that's how some of us view being a Christian is like. If you think about it, that's how the Pharisees were, the Jewish leaders. That's how they walked around. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Jesus tells the story about a man who was going down a road and he was, he was beaten and robbed, left there for dead. One man walks by. He's a Jewish leader. Well, he just walks on by. Doesn't do anything. Another Jewish leader walks on by. Because in their eyes, if they touched that man, they would be unclean. They would be unholy. The only man who was willing to touch and to help the man beaten was a Samaritan who was already deemed unclean and unholy in the eyes of the Jews. He's the only one who would help. Remember in the Gospels how there's always this group called tax collectors and sinners? The Pharisees, the Jewish leaders of the time, wanted to make sure that they didn't associate with that group because if they did, they thought that it would make them unclean or unholy. They walked around as if they were wearing white and didn't want to get their, dirty, their clothes dirty. But then comes on the scene this Jesus character. And you know what the, one of the first things that he does? He calls this man by Matthew, by the name of Matthew, who's a tax collector. He calls him and he makes him one of his disciples. And not only that, he goes deci- decides to go eat at Matthew's house. And guess what? Matthew's got friends who are tax collectors and sinners. And they want to come eat. And so there is this holy man, Jesus, this rabbi, eating with tax collectors and sinners. 
the Pharisees about blew a gasket. This is not what it means to be holy. Stop it. But here's the thing. Jesus was trying to show them what it means to be holy. Being holy isn't about wearing white and trying to keep your clothes from getting stains on them. Being holy means being the bleach that goes out and helps make others white again. It's about being the bleach that goes out and helps make others white again. You see, we're not made holy and blameless by anything we do or don't do. We are made holy and blameless but by what Christ has already done for us on the cross. Listen to what Paul writes to the uh, Colossian church. He says, once you were alienated from God, he's talking about, he's talking about, he's talking to the church, but he's talking to us as well. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death for what? To present you holy in his sight. Do you know how we're made holy and blameless in the sight of God? Through Christ's physical body through death. In his sight, it goes on to say, without blemish. There are no stains. No blemishes. You see, not only did Christ show us how to live holy lives by eating and and continually interacting with tax collectors and sinners and the like, But Christ made us holy by living a holy and perfect life and being the perfect sacrifice for our sin on the cross. Christ makes us holy. We can't make ourselves holy. And so if that's the case, if we claim the name Christian and Christ has made us holy, then it's our job to go out and to touch the lives of those around us who don't know Jesus And have a walk with Jesus. We are called to be the bleach in a stain-filled world. But listen, I want you you to hear this before we go on. I want you to hear this. Remember this. We don't save anybody. We don't save anybody. That's not our job. Christ does the saving. But we can be the catalyst. We can be the spark that starts the fire. You know what's become one of my best friends? Have any idea? No, you don't have any idea. OxyClean. (laughs) Or spray and wash. Whatever's on sale. Stain remover. This buddy has become my little friend. Uh, It has saved me a many of clothes, uh, from having stains stuck on them. As I said, I not only get uh, food, but I get pen marks. Like this pen, this pen is destined to stay in my pocket and end up in the wash. It's destined. It's going to happen. And so uh, dirt, all kinds of things on my clothes. And half the time, I don't even know that I've gotten my clothes dirty until, guess what? My wife sees me, and she's the one that points it out. And so I get home. I change clothes. You know, I take my clothes. I put them in the laundry room. I get my clothes out, I get the stain, and I spray it. And then I wait 
I wait. And then I put it in the wash. And you know what? Magically, it comes out. It's amazing. It's amazing. Do you know what? You want to know something? It's going to blow your mind. This only works when you spray it. This only works when you spray it. It cannot do anything until you spray it on the stain. If this liquid stays in the bottle, it does nothing but stay in the bottle. The spray actually has to make contact with the stain in order for the chemical to work. And then you got to wait. Be a little patient and let it do its work. Guess what? That's kind of how we're called to be holy in this world. How we're called to be saints in an unholy world. We cannot stay in the bottle. We can't stay just in these walls grouped up in our nice little Christian huddle. We have to go. We have to go out and actually touch the lives of those around us. Bleach does not work until it is spilled out. God is calling us, God's holy people, the saints that are still alive, to go out into the world and to show others what it means to be holy and blameless. That Christ gave his life for all of us so that he could present us to the Father as holy and blameless without a blemish or a stain. Where is Christ calling you to go? Because where he's calling me to go is different than where he's calling you to go. You work at a different place than I work. You go to school. I don't go to school. God's calling us to go at different places. God's got you in a relationship that I'm not in a relationship with so that you can touch somebody that I can't. Where is God calling you to go? Where is call, God calling you to go and to be spilt out? Whose lives are you able to touch today, this week, that you've been too afraid to do anything because you're too afraid to get dirty? See, not only did Christ show us how to live holy lives by a few instances with some people who were deemed unclean. But Jesus' whole life is an example for how we're to live as saints. Jesus is also called Emmanuel, which means God with us, God in the flesh. Jesus is God. God and God is and God's holy, right? Yes. yes! Jesus is God and God is holy. And yet God, who is holy, chose to get dirty by becoming one of us. And he got real dirty. He put on flesh. Ugh. I mean, this is gross, right? If you think about it, for God to put on flesh, I mean, what's up with that? And then he hung out with sinners. 
and the sick and the dying and the lonely and the outcast. He touched lepers and crippled and the blind and the deaf. Our holy God got his hands and his feet, everything dirty, and then he got his whole body dirty like a whole bottle of bleach was poured out on the cross for you and for me and for the sins of the entire world. His whole body was spilt out, poured out, given for all of us. So yes, we are all saints. We are called to be God's holy ones, but we're called to do it like Jesus, not like the Pharisees. We're called to spill out our lives like a bottle of bleach on the world. Like, I can't think of a better way to honor the saints that have gone before us than to live like saints today, like God's holy people today, today and each day forward. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, teach us what it means to be holy. Yes, we are your holy people who are called and set apart by God, by you. But we're set apart to go out 